His name is Frano Salek, and he makes me smile. He's from Croatia, and he has a story to tell. So amazing is his story that you will possibly be shocked and certainly moved. You may even gasp by the end of it. It was in 1996 that Frano was driving along one of those twisty roads that snake around mountains when he encountered a United Nations truck coming straight for him. He instinctively jerked the wheel to avoid impact and drove his Skoda through a crash barrier and over a 300-foot drop. Somehow, he managed to open the door and leap clear at the last second and landed in a tree which was clinging to the side of the mountain while his car went the way of all Skodas, exploding on impacts in the valley below. I don't know what went through his mind as he sat in that tree watching the flames dancing from his car. Maybe he remembered 12 months earlier when he was knocked down by a bus in Zagreb and walked away with only minor injuries. Possibly his brain dredged up that incident in 1970 when a faulty fuel pump in his car spewed petrol over the hot engine and blew flames through the air vents, burning off most of his hair. Or perhaps he recalled that time in 1966 when he was on board a bus that skidded into a river, drowning four passengers but allowing him to swim to safety with just cuts and bruises. Then there was that incident in 1963 when he was sucked out of a small plane he was aboard on his one and only flight when a door flew open. Later that day he woke up in the middle of a haystack with no serious injuries. Or, as he perched serenely in his tree, the invincible Croatian had a flashback to 1962 when a train he was travelling on from Sarajevo to Dubrovnik plunged into an icy river, killing 17 people and causing Frano to swim to shore with nothing more than hypothermia, shock and a broken arm. Now, there are two things we can learn from Frano's extraordinary life. First, if he ever offers you a lift, just say no. And second, if he offers to pick your lottery numbers, take him up on it. Because Frano's story does not end with his seven near-death experiences. In 1997, he won the equivalent of $1 million with, get this, the only lottery ticket he has ever bought. But there's more. According to the Daily Telegraph, Frano gave away all his winnings to his family and friends, saying, money cannot buy happiness. And that, I suspect is the greatest miracle of all. Frano does it with style. He does it with grace, with panache, with courage. More lives than a cat, more adventures than Indiana Jones, more wisdom than Solomon. He serves as a high-definition picture for us of what someone looks like on Celebration Sunday. 
If Frano were a singer, he'd be a flamboyant, dramatic tenor. Sorry, chaps. <laughs> if he sold beer, it would be the one that made him the most interesting man in the world. And if he could drive his Skoda into the court of King David and park it squarely on a psalm, it would be number 90, which we just heard sang. And particularly, verse 12. Teach us to number our days, that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. Because if there's one thing that Frano has surely done, it is number his days. And I expect he considers every one of them a gift, a bonus, a present of 24 hours. 1,440 minutes placed in a golden box and crowned with a big red bow. Teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. Teach us to number our days. So I did. I've had 19,790. Don't try to translate that into years. If you really need to know, I will tell you. According to a verse in Psalm 90 we did not read today, we have just 70 or 80 years. That is 25,550, or if we have strength, 29,200 days. So I have somewhere between 5,760 and 9,410 days left. Nearly 20,000 gone, fewer than 10,000 to go. Does knowing your number make you fearful or cause you despair? No. Because people who have numbered their days, who have solemnly looked their own mortality coldly in the face, have learned wisdom. Life is now in perspective. Priorities are more reliable. They are weighted towards things with eternal value, like love and grace and forgiveness and legacy. If I do indeed have another six to nine thousand days, each will burst with potential. I will be given thousands upon thousands of opportunities to bless, to serve, to inspire, to express gratitude, to share joy, to lavish love, to speak of what God has done for me, to encourage faith, to raise the fallen, to speak God's grace, to proclaim by word and action the great eternal love story between God and human beings. On each and every one of those six to nine thousand days, people will drift into my life. And by the grace of the Holy Spirit, I can play a small part in God's kingdom coming into their lives. Teach us to number our days, that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. If you are alive today, here's why. God has work for you to do today. It's the act of compassion, the word of inspiration, the prayer of redeeming grace. It's the hug you'll give, the smile you'll share, the nod that lifts one soul. Teach us to number our days. Why? That we may apply our hearts to wisdom. It's Celebration Sunday. 
But to celebrate, we must put ourselves out there. Risk. Invest. Small vision, narrow thinking, safe living, these can't lead to celebration because they are blind to anything worth celebrating. The mind that is locked in a prison of fear can't rejoice. The eyes that see only scarcity and threat cannot open to the abundance of creation. The heart that is sealed tight in a coffin of suspicion cannot dance. If Frano Salek had decided after his first accident that life was too short to travel, the world was too dangerous to risk leaving home, then I suspect that when he eventually won the lottery, his attitude would not have been so generous and wise. Jesus tells us a story of two risk-takers. Two people who see what is possible, step out in faith and reap the fruit of their courage. They're both employees of a businessman who goes on a trip and entrusts his wealth to these two managers. To one, he gives five coins. To the other, two. Oh yes, I nearly forgot. There's a third manager. One who digs a hole in the ground and hides his share of the company. But I don't want to talk about him. It's the risk takers that interest me. They are our teachers. They could play it safe, set their sights low and merely settle for not losing money. But that isn't good enough for them. They dream. They imagine just what is possible with some hard work and risk. So they invest. They put the money to work. They wheel and deal and skillfully double their boss's money. I know how the other manager felt. I know the fear that drains my confidence and shrinks my faith. Better to dig a hole than risk losing what I have. A year ago, I took a break from parish ministry. I needed one, although I didn't know it. I'd been ordained 23 years and I'd grown comfortably weary or wearily comfortable, I can't decide which. I was serving a parish joyfully and fruitfully. I had witnessed God doing wonderful things in the lives of hundreds of people. The parish was thriving and growing beyond what I could have imagined when I began serving it six years earlier. But the needle on the spiritual vitality fuel gauge in the Skoda that is my life was nearing empty. I couldn't read it at the time, mind you. I was too engrossed with the adventure. I didn't want to take my eyes off the road. I was having too much fun careering around the mountain bends. I needed a sabbatical. But without the United Nations truck coming around the mountain on my side of the road, I would never have taken one. I spent months cursing that truck. This vehicle was actually a painful blend of events beyond my control, plus my own poor decisions, plus good old human frailty, but it sure felt like a truck when it hit. Thanksgiving hobbled into Christmas, and Christmas dragged itself into Lent, and I wanted nothing more to do with parish ministry. I longed, I longed to be a postman. It was the perfect job for me. 
He turns up at the sorting office each morning, loads his van, makes his rounds until his trays of mail are empty. Then he returns to the sorting office, parks the van and goes home. Job done. And he does it perfectly. Every letter delivered to the correct address. Nothing left over at the end of the day. Futile to worry about whether he delivered that package to number 65 well enough. Was the angle of the box correct? Could the way he walked up the path be improved? This was my calling. A job which can be finished in a day, be completed perfectly, with no great emotional investment, and apart from the occasional ferocious dog and the grumpy old man, with no drama. Yes, I thanked God very much for the one coin he'd given me, the coin that was my true calling, my gifts, my experiences, And said, see you later, boss. Safe travels. Now where's my shovel? Because that coin is going in the ground. Invest it. Give it. Use it. Put it to work for the sake of God's kingdom and for the good of humankind. No, I wasn't taking that risk again. There was a smouldering Skoda at the bottom of a mountain reminding me of what happens when I take risks for God. Well, obviously, I missed my call to be a postman and ended up back in parish ministry. Because you can't bury your coin in the ground, can you? We have to take risks, don't we? We must grab on to what God has given us and risk it all. The love of God compels us to. You may have one coin, you may have five or ten, but whatever treasures the boss has asked you to manage on his behalf, we have to answer the call. We don't bury it, we invest it, we use it, we put it to work, we risk its loss. We ask God to quell our fears and boost our courage, and we do it. So what does that look like? For you. You can risk appearing foolish by mentioning your faith when the family gets together next Thursday, or you can dig a hole and bury your story. You can risk making things worse by trying to comfort a friend in grief, or you can dig a hole and bury your empathy. You can risk becoming drained of your energy by listening to the problems of a co-worker, or you can dig a hole and bury your compassion. You can risk sounding like a religious nutjob by inviting your neighbour to church, or you can dig a hole and bury your faith. You can risk becoming too stretched and too tired by offering your time to an act of mission or ministry, or you can dig a hole and bury your energy. You can risk rejection by stretching out your hand and forgiving the person you fought with, or you can dig a hole and bury your peace. And yes... On this Celebration Sunday, we can risk not having enough money to buy some of the things we want, or we can give with joy and trust. Teach us to number our days, O Lord, that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. Amen.